because for a while, that's where I was sitting. I was sitting in this, okay, I'm not perfect. I have so much brokenness. I am so far from being a good person. Like I am so far from having it all together. And so when I would come to God, I would come to God almost like, I know, I know I suck. I know I screwed up again. Um, Will you please love me? Like, will you please give me peace? Will you please give me grace? And there's humility in that, yes. But I think we also have to be reminded that God loves us. Like before just giving us healing, he wants a relationship with us. I believe God put a specific light in your heart for a purpose, for you to shine it into this world in a way that nobody else can. A light that is unique as the print on your finger. And our job is to take that light and go love people with it in this world. Everywhere you go, you have a ministry. You don't just have to be a preacher to have a ministry. Your light is your ministry. It's how you shine it at your job, at your family, at the dinner table with your friends, at the movies, at the park, at your apartment. Everywhere you go, you are made to shine your light. Do it. Be it. Love people. Be kind. Honor them. Honor yourself. This is made to shine. How are we rocking and rolling today? I got my Christmas nails going on. We're feeling good. I also have my space heater strategically positioned. Um, my feet. So some people don't know about this disease, but it's called Raynaud's. And it's when your hands and your feet don't get circulation. I have that. I have it. I have that disease. And so my feet and my hands get so disturbingly freezing. So my space heater right now is positioned strategically right on my feet. And it's it's like a necessary evil because you know when you're sitting in front of a space heater and you're so close, it kind of feels like your feet are on fire, but you're, it's also necessary because if not that, then they're icicles. That's where we're at. Y'all. It's been a week. Have you ever been in a season of life? Maybe you cannot relate. And if that's the case, that's totally fine. But have you ever been in a season of life where you have all of these decisions to make? And you and, and it's a good problem to have, like lots of opportunities. You have to make decisions, but you also know there's going to be people that are going to be upset with some of the decisions that you have to make. And you're afraid of upsetting these people. And you're like, I, and so you just start letting all these people influence your decision making. And it's just a nightmare. You know, those phases of life. If there's anything I've learned, it's that there are very few, very few people I seek advice from because when you open it up to what everyone thinks you should do, you have no idea what you actually want to do. I learned this in high school when I used to be that annoying friend that sent, before I posted on Instagram, I would send my friends, like literally in our 
group text with like 10 girls, the, like the two pictures I was deciding between. And lo and behold, every time it was the same problem. Like half of my friends like one photo, half of my friends like the other photo. And I was like, well, this doesn't help. And now I don't even know what photo I like. So I'm just not going to do it. And I think sometimes we do that with our decision-making process. We are afraid to sink into a moment with God to just talk to him about it. Like we don't slow down enough to do that. And so we consult all these other people and there's a place for that. But the problem is when you start consulting so many people, you don't actually know how you feel. And so I have very few people in my life that I actually, um, like, try to get advice from on things that I should do and like decisions that should be made. Of course, you should always pray about it first. And what does it practically look like? Y'all, I've started setting a timer because I realized when I think I'm praying about something, I'm not. I'm worrying about it in my head until I go talk to somebody about it. So I set a timer and I literally just am like, okay, God, for 30 minutes, we're, we're praying, we're talking to you. And then I go talk to other people. <laughs> um, today. I wanted to, it's funny, I'm in this season of life right now where it's some days I'm like feeling very confident and then other days I'm like, I don't feel like hot stuff. I don't feel very confident. I don't feel like I have it all together. You know what I mean? Like you have seasons where you're like, okay, maybe I know what I'm doing with my life. And then like two hours later, what what is going on with my life? That is how I feel. And that's how I've been feeling for a couple of months. And it's really easy to take that, like that external uncertainty or that external situation and associate it with your internal worth and your internal value. And it's funny because this last, these last six months, um, I shared on this podcast previously, like I had a job shift and then some restructuring happened like right when I got there and layoffs happened. And that was really hard for me. And it forced me to slow down and look at all these things in my life that I had been idolizing. And, you know, we think we know what our idols are in life, but when those are brought to the light, you realize, oh my gosh, under that idol is like six other idols that I had. For example, for me, it was my career. And then when I was laid off and I had all this time to process, okay, what does Annie want to do next? What, what is that? I realized, wow, I idolize fear. I idolize having it all together. I idolize how my ability to like move really fast and get things done. And in this season of really trying to be intentional about going to God with that and going to God with that healing and going to God with that care and that nurturing and that nourishment and that medicine for those wounds and those insecurities. Because that's what, like, underneath all these idols, the reason we create these idols, whether it's our career, money, our job, um, what other people think about us, other people's expectations, other people's opinions, people pleasing, whatever it is, under all of that is fear. It's the fear of not being good enough without those things. 
the fear of not being taken care of without those things, the fear of not having provision and protection and security without those things. And I've been trying to be more intentional about going to God with those insecurities. And what I recognized is I was, and I think a lot of us do this sometimes, I was almost like bashful in my like, okay, God, here I am. Like, I know I suck. I know I'm broken. I know. Can you just please give me peace? Can you please give me healing? And I was coming to him almost with this posture of shyness. Like, I know I messed up. I know I struggle with fear. And the next day, God, I know I struggled with fear again. And it would be this, almost this like shameful. And this morning I was in Luke and I was like, oh my gosh. This to me, this message is for the person that you feel like you have to belittle yourself or you're not good enough to, when you go to God for healing or you go to God to, to give him your brokenness, to give him your insecurity, you're coming at it from the posture of, I'll just take healing and, and, and that's all I need. Like, I'm not good enough to ask for anything more. Because for a while, that's where I was sitting. I was sitting in this, okay, I'm not perfect. I have so much brokenness. I am so far from being a good person. Like I am so far from having it all together. And so when I would come to God, I would come to God almost like, I know, I know I suck. I know I screwed up again. Um, will you please love me? Like, will you please give me peace? Will you please give me grace? And there's humility in that, yes, but I think we also have to be reminded that God loves us. Like before just giving us healing, he wants a relationship with us. And when I was in Luke this morning, I was like, oh my gosh, because it's the story of the woman with the internal bleeding. And a lot of us know this story, but I never noticed this before. And I was like, holy guacamole, this is just going to change everything. But um, there was, for those who don't know the story, super important guy. His name is Jairus. His daughter's dying. And on their way to Jesus healing his daughter, this woman who's had this internal bleeding problem comes up behind Jesus to grab his cloak and is instantly healed. And what I read, which I was so taken aback by, was Jairus. It says Jairus came and fell at Jesus's feet, which means Jairus came in front of Jesus. Jairus presented himself to Jesus and fell at his feet. This woman came from behind Jesus. Jesus had to stop his disciples and turn around to be able to look at this woman to find her. And why that hit me so much, because I was like, oh, that's how, that's how I feel like I treat my healing and I treat my relationship with Jesus. I more resonate with the woman that didn't even feel good enough to stop and fall at his feet in front of him. She wanted to be hidden. She wanted her healing and she believed he could give her healing, but she didn't want him to see her. 
she didn't want him to to notice it was her that needed him and that's proven when she, he was all looking around and it says she noticed she could not stay hidden and that's when she spoke up like when she noticed jesus was looking for the person who basically touched him and she wasn't going to be able to go away unnoticed that's when she spoke up. So we know her intent was to not be noticed. And I resonate with that. I resonate with, okay, God, like I need peace. I need healing. I need clarity, but I don't, I don't really want you to see me. Not because I don't want you to see me, but because I don't feel good enough to be seen by you. And I think a lot of us do that. I was talking to someone the other day about what does investing in yourself look like? That was the question. And I landed on, it looks like allowing myself to be seen. It's funny because I love speaking. I love speaking in front of people. I love things like this. It took me a really long time to let people actually see me though. I got really good at keeping people at arm's length. I got really good at creating friendships that I loved being there for them when they needed me. But when I really needed a friend, I wouldn't call anybody because I felt like they wouldn't like what they saw if they saw me up close. And so I would keep them at an arm's length. I didn't want to be seen. There's a difference between seeing and being seen. And what I love about what Jesus did is he stopped because he wanted this daughter of his to know that he sees her. He doesn't just want to be this, this repository of healing, this repository of answers. He wants to be the one that we know sees us. Because before we do anything for him, before we get anything from him, we are in a relationship with him and he wants a relationship with us. Our healing, our peace, what we can do with that for Jesus in this world is not predicated on our ability to reach for him. It's predicated on his nature that first reached for us, that first wanted to see us. He's the God that when you come to him with your brokenness, you don't have to come up behind him and just meekly give it to him and hope that he takes it and hope that he helps you and hope that he heals you and hope that he gives you peace. No, he's the God that's going to say, I'm going to come find you so I can see you, so I can look at you, so you can know the real prize is not your physical healing. The real prize is not me blessing your finances, is not you walking away with, with whatever you initially had in mind. The real prize is the fact that I see you and I call you daughter and I call you mine and I call you chosen and I call you to be in a relationship with me. That's the real prize. He's the God that says, I want you to know that I see you. You don't have to come up from behind me and hope and hope that 
somehow I answer your prayer. No, no, I'm the God that is your father. Abba Father, he sees you and he wants you to know he sees you, all parts of you. Daughter, he said, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I think Jesus knew if she walked away with just the physical healing, that wasn't the real wound she was looking for. It might have been the initial wound, the most urgent wound, but not the most significant. There's a difference between what's urgent, an urgent matter, and what's a significant matter. The urgent matter was that she's been bleeding for 12 years and she needed that fixed. The significant matter was she felt not good enough. She felt not good enough to be seen. I mean, this woman's been bleeding for 12 years. She's probably been in isolation. People have associated her issue with a lack of worth, maybe something she did wrong in her life. So the urgent matter was the bleeding. The significant matter was she felt not good enough. So not good enough that she believed this Jesus guy could literally heal her internally, but she wasn't worthy of being seen by him. So not good enough that she didn't want to fall in front of him. She wanted to touch him from behind and, and, and scurry away unnoticed, unseen. The urgent matter was her physical healing. The significant matter was her heart healing. I know at least in my life right now, what I've learned is what God wants to do in your life goes so much deeper than what we even think to be a, the deepest of our problems. This woman's issue was internal. It was an internal bleeding problem. That's a pretty big problem. That's a pretty deep problem. But what God wanted to heal was even deeper than that. It was the insecurity, the feelings of insufficiency, the, the lingering ramifications of being isolated for so long. He wanted to heal that. And that is not healed with a physical healing. That's healed with a relationship with the father that turns toward you. And what I love about that, and I just realized this, is when Jesus was on the cross, it said God turned his face away from him. Jesus knew that his father's face at some point was going to be turned away from him when he got out on that cross. But Jesus never wanted us to feel that way. That's why he did it. That's why I went to the cross. And so he turned his face toward his daughter because he did not want her walking away with her healing without his face meeting hers. He gave her what for a season, what for, for a time he wasn't going to get from his father. He wanted to see her. He turned his face to her. And honestly, friend, I feel like a lot of us just need to let God do that. We need to let God turn our face 
to him, turn his face to us. The courage to be seen by God. God doesn't want your resume. No. He wants your face. He wants your heart. And that's not easy. It takes guts to be seen. I, you know, it's funny. I used to to struggle with that. Like in middle school, I was really shy. And then in high school, I, people joke, I haven't shut up since. And I kind of came into my shell. But whether it was that really shy girl that wasn't letting herself be seen or the really obnoxiously loud girl in high school that was trying to overcompensate for that previous shy girl reputation, I still wasn't letting myself be seen in that regard because there were times where I wasn't happy or I was wanting to be quiet and I wouldn't let myself because I didn't want people to see that part of me. And so we can think we're letting others see us and they're not seeing us. And I'm not saying letting yourself be seen by everybody. Like there's special people you let yourself be seen by, but it's important, especially with God, to let yourself be seen. You don't have to come up from behind God and hope that he loves you and hope that he forgives you. No, God wants all of you, all of your brokenness, every little bit, every little bit, every little bit in part. He wants that. And so my prayer is that you give that to him. You and me both, it's, you learn it. it. It doesn't always come natural and that's okay. That's okay. Let yourself be seen. When you fall at the feet of Jesus, fall at the feet of him. You don't have to try to come up from him behind and beg for something that he has already given you in full. Hey, beautiful people. I hope this episode blessed you. Two quick things before you tune me out. One, if this podcast means anything to you, if you find value from it, I really am asking you to leave a review. It helps me out a ton. It also helps get this word out to anybody else God wants it to be put on their heart. Second thing is if you're ever like me and don't have a full hour or 40 minutes to designate to a full podcast episode, I have a brand new podcast for you. It's the baby podcast of this parent podcast, Made to Shine. It's called Made to Shine Minute. It is literally 60 seconds every single morning of an idea, a nugget put on my heart, what have you. I hope it blesses you. You can find it everywhere you look for podcasts.